welcome to episode 25 of Super States, Practices of Transformation, with me, your host, Joshua Peters. Super States explores the crossroad of using trance states to fuel personal or professional growth. In every episode, we talk to world-class experts, to industry leaders, to revolutionary thinkers who are all out there sharing the latest information tools, and their own personal stories to inspire you on your journey. This week, I talk with Desiree Eckert. Desiree is a practicing hypnotist and a hypnosis instructor with a background in metaphysics and the Akashic Records. She's a fantastic thinker, a creator of new ideas and concepts, and really an all-around great human being. Don't go anywhere. It's time for Microdosing Hypnosis and the Akashic Records with Desiree Eckert. Welcome to Super States, Desiree. I am super happy to have you on this recording today. Likewise. Thank you for having me. I'm grateful to be here. Uh, Desiree, why don't you just start by telling us what you do and how that makes an impact for people? Okay, so I'm a hypnotist and I'm also an instructor of hypnosis. I train people in hypnosis. And one of, I think, the light bulb moments that people realize is that this is something they have access to all the time and that actually they were already, already kind of working with it in some way or another. And by learning how it works and why it works, they can make changes at a more deep level in their own life and then with their clients or whatever it is that they do in the world. Um, so that's my kind of passion for sharing it with people is like these like light bulb moments of like, oh my gosh, this was like in me all along, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, that's it's such a, it's, it's so fun to see those, those moments with, with clients for sure. Yeah. Uh, now, I know that you have a varied background. I, I think I saw that you are you you were the tailor to the stars or or something like <laughs> something along those lines. Uh, so you have a, a, a different background. Uh, weren't always in, let's call it uh, uh, conscious therapy. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you explain to us uh, how you got to this point? Like get, give us your backstory. Yeah. It's funny too, because yeah, I was a tailor, a celebrity tailor and a costume designer. And it seems different, but it's actually, it made me, that background made me so much better at being a hypnotist because I'm actually doing the same thing. I did not have to change the way that I work at all. <laughs> I work one-on-one -on -one with clients using my skill set to bring their desires to fruition in the material world, you know? So yeah. I feel like I was always doing the same thing and it made me a better like space holder for people in uncomfortable situations, people who feel maybe vulnerable, especially, you know, celebrities, they often feel vulnerable and because I would know their perceived flaws. And so I had to be that safe space for them. And um, so that made me a good hypnotist, but my, yeah, my hypnosis origin story really began um, in 2015 and I had a, a stalker around that time. And I was just like very much trying anything and everything. And I tried hypnosis on a whim and I didn't know what I was going in for. And I just kind of was like, oh, I know this place because I meditate all the time. I'm also a witch. And I, this was a very, very familiar place for me, the mm -hmm. mind space of hypnosis. So I was like, yeah. I never thought of intentionally using that space to change how I experience life outside of that space, you know? So 
to Mm -hmm. me, hypnosis was that kind of like light bulb, (laughs) like, oh, there's a lot more here that I can do with something I was already doing. So can you share with us what you see as the connection between uh, hypnosis and uh, and magic with and your witch your witchy ways? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. One of the things I realized, and it took me a little bit to realize this, that that like I think when I would work a spell or something, I mean, there was so much that goes into that, being very clear about intentions, and also it was you know, for me, it involves a lot of kinesthetic stuff in my environment, creating anchors, you know, calling on resources in the form of maybe elements of nature or guides or, you know, energies that I work with. And, um, and it's all very similar. So I don't know, for me, everything starts to overlap. And hypnosis is this blurry place that can kind of be a little, I mean, there's so much science that can explain it, but there's, Mm -hmm. it can kind of, it's, kind of be a little bit of anything we want it to be at the same mm-hmm. time. So, so I saw elements of it in that kind of thing. And yeah. Um, yeah. Directing our intention and working some alchemy, that that's just what, what we do in hypnosis. <laughs> yeah. So what are some of the, the lessons that you've learned as you've gone down the path of becoming a hypnotist? Well, yeah. So, you know, the first few trainings that I did didn't really click with me and I knew that there was more there though. So it was really like just reading a lot and researching a lot and kind of finding my own way with it, which is why I really wanted to teach people hypnosis because I feel like when you find what hypnosis means to you, you find your kind of avenue of hypnosis, you can deliver it so much more authentically. And then it, the, its effects are stronger. And your clients actually, like, they feel better, they feel safer, because you're coming from a place of authenticity. So yeah. I think it was really just like finding all of those areas of overlap in my own life, where I found what what this really is for me and how I can deliver it in a way that is meaningful and authentic, that translates to you know, to the people seeking my guidance, because that's so important when they seek you out, they're seeking your guidance, not the stack of scripts that you got in your first training that yeah. were written 25 <laughs> years ago or something, you know? So, um, yeah. And then, you know, as I started practicing, I was striving to you know, I was hoping at the beginning that I would incorporate more of my spiritual stuff and energy work and things like that. But it, it wasn't that easy with the tools I was given in the beginning, in my first training. And so um, I did try to incorporate like working in the Akashic Records and giving readings like in hypnosis as well. But one of the things that really struck me is that clients were going there on their own because when we mm-hmm. guide them in, a, in such a way, you know, they have access to more of themselves, more of their connection to the all, the everything, and they can pull from things that they're like, where did that come from? And it was in them all along, you know, so I love that. So I think clients have access, people in hypnosis, we all do, or in self-hypnosis, we have access to more. And that might be the Akashic Records, or that could be anything really. So yeah, that's just the fun discovery of it all. Yeah. You so you mentioned the Akashic Records a couple of times. Can you describe what that is for the listeners that don't know? Yeah. So the way I like to think of the Akashic Records is um, is almost like 
the internet, Wi-Fi, like your connection to vast amounts of information. We all have access to it, but it's invisible. And we don't really know that it's there until we have a question that comes into mind and we look at our device or our computer and we see that we have some little bars and that we know we're connected. And then we go to like a search engine and we'll type in something <laughs> and then you'll get all of this information. So we all have access to that. And, um, and like, you know, that kind of information, it's invisible, it's all around us. and. Uh, and there are signs that let us know we are connected. We each have our own kind of signs that signify that connection. And so I do, you know, guide clients and teach people to find those signs so they know that they have that authentic connection. And then, yeah, it's just having access to this vast amounts of information. Some people call it like a library um, or books. And I don't like that metaphor because I know a lot of people who get stressed out by books. and don't. <laughs> so I'm like, I, you wouldn't want to go there for information, but I think the internet is a really good way to think about it. So basically it's just, you know, it's another word for the quantum field. Okay. Uh, the Akashic field. It's a field of energetic information from all timelines. And, um, and it's said to be Akasha means um, primordial substance. So it's, you know, the, the light of the, you know, what the origin of the universe essentially, and has all of that information of all timelines in it. And it's a delicate, fine substance that's said to be so fine that every thought, every event, every word registers an indelible impression upon it. So the records are a record of these impressions of every thought, every action, every soul that ever existed, uh, every place, every being. Um, and so we have access to all of that just through intention to interact and setting up some clear questions, which is what we do in hypnosis too. We set a clear intention because um, when there is no intention, then it's just too much information and it can kind of go anywhere. Mm -hmm. I, you, you, you've kind of spun me into uh, a lot of insight around what the Akashic Records really is by that that description. So thank you. That's, that's a, a really useful way to think about it, uh, at least for, for me. I hope that helped. Yeah. And you know, another thing that I like to use to go along with that metaphor is, you know, if you were to Google dog, there would be too much, too many results and it would just, what would be the point of that? You know, so to go in with more intention, what kind of dog, what color dog, is it a cartoon dog? Is it Snoopy? Is it a Shih Tzu? You know, so yeah. as, be as intentional as possible and then you'll get more tailored information that's actually usable. And now another area that I know that you work within uh, is this term I think I've, you're the only one I've ever heard use it uh, of micro dosing hypnosis. Yeah. Uh, give give me an example of what a microdose of hypnosis is and how you might use that. Well, I started this. I started my like microdosing hypnosis. This is for my clients who I have a lot of clients who identify as ADHD or neurodivergent and. Um, and the expectation to relax or to get into this really deep state uh, freak them out or stress them out, and they don't think it's possible for them, and so they just don't even attempt to engage with hypnosis or meditation. So mm -hmm. microdosing hypnosis is, you know, using the metaphor of of microdosing is to kind of do it in these little more 
um, accessible ways of taking just a little, a little dip in and you're starting to train yourself. And in hypnosis, you know, we call that kind of like fractionation. It's like it has an element of fractionation where you're coming out, going back in. It's okay if you make mistakes. That's how you're learning actually. And you're starting to train yourself. This is a natural place for you to go. Mm. And it's just kind of erasing those barriers that make people feel like it's not for them. So how I usually start people is one of the most familiar trances for a lot of my clients is the phone trance. That is a trance and mm -hmm. it's very familiar. And what if we could just start using that by like imagining or actually sometimes I'll have them hold their phone in their hand, you know, and we're now kind of summoning embodied cognition and allowing them to hold their phone, this very familiar place that they go, but close your eyes now and bring that attention right within your own mind through your third eye and just let it rest there for a little bit. Now you're starting to train yourself to take that attention that you usually give to your phone and bring it within. And that's just where we start. What if you do that for 30 seconds? What if you do it for a minute, you know, and that's, that's a little microdose training. <laughs> I like it. Uh, that, and that's great because that's, you know, that's utilizing something that we're already always doing <laughs> anyway, like you said, a trance that we're already, that we're already in. Very well practiced at it. We just don't, yeah, we don't realize that that, you know, we're, we're trained to do that. And people who have their eyes fixed, like you can go somewhere for a while. Um, if you're scrolling your phone for 40 minutes. So, <laughs> so are you using the microdose hypnosis process as a way to teach these types of clients to uh, you to go into longer hypnotic trances? If it goes there, so I have, so I also have a membership, um, the, the weekly microdose of hypnosis, and I make a new hypnosis track every week that's under 13 minutes long. Sometimes they're even under 10 or sometimes they're like five minutes. There are occasional macrodoses as well, but it's really for um, for people who think that they don't have the time or attention span to meditate or to do self-hypnosis. And each track does have like a, um, you know, a teaching or a principle that they can use in their own time. And I'll always explain how they can use that. So you can sit and listen to the track. Yes, and you should, but you can also replicate this on your own time in a fraction of the time as well. So it's just about starting to train ourselves to to do these, you know, these little micro trances. And then, yeah, if you want to go deeper and maybe you can do that periodically. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so where do you, uh, I met you at Hypno Thoughts Live. So I know that you go to different conventions uh, to learn things, but outside of that yearly type of conference, where are you going to to educate yourself? Like, how do you learn more about uh, yeah. your field or how you can help clients? Yeah, so I read a lot. <laughs> I was reading four hours a day for like the last two years, which is wow. a little extreme. <laughs> but um, And that is um, how I was able to kind of develop my training. I feel like I had to abstain from things for a while and kind of reread a lot of the the things that impacted me, the books, and and also going through my sessions with clients, because as I'm now training hypnotists, one of the things, and I, I train hypnotists sometimes who are already certified in hypnosis, and I love that because my training is different. And I, a lot of people ask me, professional hypnotists, like, why do I feel 
like different. Like, what do you do? What are you doing? And I'm like, I have to figure that out. So I had to kind of go through my own, like, you know, client files and see what I was doing and go back into those. A lot of it just, yeah, it comes from being present. It comes from being a witch. It comes from being somebody who is an energy worker. And mm. I think that there's, it's, that's a really important perspective that's needed in hypnosis. Cause the first few trainings that I was, that I was in didn't, you know, those, some of my teachers practiced Reiki or something, but they didn't really, I feel like they didn't embody it. And it wasn't really, there was no elements of it that was included in the training, but to be a, a, a space holder and a, you know, somebody who is sensitive to energy and is, you know, that that's so important in hypnosis. People can sense that. And I am yeah. very present. I'm not scared of silence. I'm not drowning you in words or hypnotic language. It's, this is about you, you know? And so there's a lot of quiet and space and people really sense that. So I think that's really important. I, I, that, that idea of holding space is vital yeah that that's what can make the difference between uh, someone never coming back <laughs> and yeah. somebody who is a raving fan like when you can hold that space for them no matter what's happening that's that makes that's a that's a safe place oh god no i even get chills when you say that because you know it's like i've had a few hypnosis sessions from professional hypnotists sometimes even who made me feel totally unsafe and every time I experience one of those is like, this is why I have to teach people and do what I do and do it in my way. Because yeah, like that, I feel like when we, when we're kind of have the old style of hypnosis is a little more um, direct and um, maybe almost a little domineering. Mm -hmm. And there, I think, I know when I experience hypnosis in that style, they're working with a part of me that I've already done a lot of change work with. They're working with a part of me who was a people pleaser and would just go along with things, even though it felt uncomfortable. And then, so like that part of me comes up and it's like, no, like we already fixed this. Like now you have to say something. And it's like, oh, that sucks. You know, it's just like, yeah, I realized it. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I've experienced a lot of hypnosis that was like, not good for my nervous system. And I know that a lot of people don't know that, that it shouldn't be that way, you know? So I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going with that, but. Well, that I, what I, what I hear in that, and, and even if I think about the hypno thoughts event that we were at back in way back in, in July, you saw all those different styles, right? You, there were, there were what, there are well-known teachers who, who present in that very authoritarian way and get really good results. Mm -hmm. And there are teachers that, that present in a much more unconscious way where you're just letting the unconscious mind do what it needs to do in the way that it needs to do it <laughs> and leaving it open. And that gets results too. So I, 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 I resonate with what you're saying. And I also think that there's probably a time and place for everything. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you ever find that a client needs a little bit more direct work? Um, I mean, no, not my clients. No, uh -huh. I think they come to me for a reason. So <laughs> yeah, I don't really, I don't work in that way. So 
I don't, yeah, we, I make, I create the space for them to find a part of themselves. Yeah. I'm not showing them anything um, except a part of themselves, you know? So yeah. it's almost, I think, I, I think less is more. One of my friends, Matt calls me the Ramones of hypnosis. Um, <laughs> I just, I, that's how I, I practice. So those people don't really find me or if they do, they don't, they don't tell me that they needed more authoritative. Um, yeah. I don't work that way. Cause I know how it doesn't feel good for me yeah. to yeah, experience it or deliver it. So. Yeah. Good. So what would you say is most misunderstood about hypnosis? Um, I think it's that, I think that's why I practice the way I do because it's, um, it's not something that I hold over anyone. There is, I don't have a hypnotic subject. Um, mm -hmm. hypnosis is a, I call it a state of focused autonomy because we're handing that power back to somebody, you know, in times in their life when they thought they think they don't have control over an experience, they do have control over their experience always. And yeah. we're handing that back to people. So, um, yeah. So I don't wait, what was the question? <laughs> What was miss? What's your most misunderstood aspect of hypnosis? Yeah, that it's mind control, that it's me do, doing something. Um, yeah. It's a place we're open a little path of discovery for you to to find your way back to yourself, so that when you close your eyes at night, you know like where you're going, you know what's yours in there and what's not. That's what we're kind of coming back to, like you know that. I'm very passionate about sleep and dreams and getting a good night's sleep as a former sick person who never slept. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's the basis for all health, mental, emotional, physical, and, and a lot of people distract themselves up until they go to sleep. And that's one of the things that drives me nuts. So because they want to be distracted from their own thoughts. So when we learn how we can work in our own mind and the, the dark space of our mind and sort out what's ours and what's not and come back to what authentically is ours, we can begin our sleep with that. Then we wake up and it's like a whole new world. And that just starts this never ending cycle of just like, you know, coming closer to a part of yourself, not being scared of the dark that's behind your closed eyes. Like that's mm -hmm. so important, I think, for people to feel safe in that, in their own body and in their own being, in their own life. I, I hear from you uh, a theme of coming back to what's already there. Like you mm -hmm. already have everything you need. Mm -hmm. Yes. Who do you look up to? Who's a mentor or role model for you? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. I think I, well, I love Mike Mandel as a hypnotist. That's somebody that I, I learned. I want to say he like opened my mind to fun stuff in hypnosis. Mm, yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't look to the world of hypnosis for those kinds of things though. So I guess I would say yeah, I actually don't know how to answer that right now. Yeah, okay. That's, I, that's have a lot of, I have a lot of people that I consider mentors, but yeah, I'm sorry. I feel like I... <laughs> you know, I, as I was asking you that question, a part of me was thinking, because of how you've kind of described where you're at, you've really come into yourself. And uh, one of the things that I like 
really appreciate about you is is that that you are solidly in who you are and uh and so when i was asking that question like hmm that might not even go anywhere with that the answer to that <laughs> no no and now that you say that too i mean i have to give props to my mentor lori hammond i'm not like i don't get to hang out with her as much anymore but she is part of how i um i felt more authentic and certain and was able to present myself more visibly online, you know, as like mm -hmm. a, in a, to benefit my practice very much and be out there speaking and stuff. So Lori was instrumental in that, but yeah, like as far as my style of like hypnosis and I, this is something that is just, you know, I used to be sick. I grew up with autoimmune disease. Um, and I was walking with a cane at a certain point in my life and I was, very ill uh, all the time. And I was on 26 pills a day. I used to, I was like, just like an experiment for doctors. And this was in the nineties. And I mm -hmm. consider myself lucky to be alive. I was poisoned, you know, and definitely prescribed very risky things that should not have been taken together. And, um, and so in that experience, I felt like I had zero control. You know, I didn't have anyone to look to for any sense of, you know, I mean, I was just alone in that. And I didn't want to tell yeah. my friends because I was just didn't want to be seen as sick. So it was like this sick, toxic secret that I had. And that's how I got into energy work. And that's how I got into all of this other stuff was it gave me some feeling of control and autonomy in a situation where I had none. And it was an outlet too, because I became pretty OCD because of the lack of control. It was like, what can, mm -hmm. what can I control? And it was very, yeah. that added to my stress. So finding magic, finding like, you know, these outlets where I felt like I did have some element of control and autonomy that made me feel really, you know, empowered. And so, yeah, that's my background is kind of that. And so as a hypnotist, it's connecting all of the dots of the things that I spent literally the first 25 years, 30 years of my life doing. Yeah. How can I connect that to what I know and now what I geek out on with, you know, when it comes to neuroscience and the research, which I think indirectly supports those other things very, very clearly. So, so yeah, it, it's about finding my, my view. And also how can I um, kind of, lay that out in a framework of some kind that my students can find their own view because I'm not preaching any dogma at all. This is not, there's no, I share some hypnotic philosophies. It's mostly hermetic principles and some of the neuroscience principles that we know, but it's really like, this is loose, a loose frame for you to put your stuff on. So then mm -hmm. my students who graduate from my training, they're going to have their own views on hypnosis that they can authentically share. Because it's, yeah, I think that that's really important is developing your hypnotic voice. And that's my student's final exam is their hypnotic invocation, which is a pre-talk in this case. And, you know, but it's important to find, you know, what are the important cross sections of, you know, hypnosis and your life experience what do you find from this training? What do you find from the research that excites you that you can deliver? And, you know, that's kind of how we invoke hypnosis. So yeah. I think it's for all of us, it's about creating our own personal hypnotic world. Yeah, I, I love that. So so based on your uh, your your wide 
experience in all these different ways, really all these different ways of creating these different states of consciousness. Do you have any specific technique that someone might use to, to make a change in their life? Yeah. Um, let's see. <laughs> I'm try- I'm like, now I'll just have the, the microdose archive dispensary, as I like to call it, like mm-hmm. floating through my head. I'm like, let me scroll. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's so many. It's like, okay. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so so let, let's say uh, somebody wanted more confidence. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you have a, a, a list of uh, potions, you might say, yeah. micro hypnotic potions that you might uh, throw at somebody. Yeah. So if somebody wanted more confidence, I would ask them, what was a time that they actually like accomplished something that they felt good about? You know, um, I sometimes for me, I feel confidence at my cutting board when I'm chopping celery or making mirepoix, like I know I can cut. And it's like, that is a very, I feel confident holding a knife in my hand and getting that done. And, and so really it's about going back to a place where you ever did feel confident. Maybe you were five years old and you colored inside the lines and you got a sticker on your paper. Like, what was that like? And let's go Mm -hmm. back in there and, you know, feel that sense of confidence. It definitely works best if you're a kid, if you ever felt confident, um, yeah. Or what's, who is somebody that seems confident, you know, is it a character in a movie or a cartoon and what would it like to be them? And just go into that, you know, it's, it's invoking imagination yeah. and going back into a time or place that was confident. And you know, what's happening there. We're also like going into the Akashic records of confidence and you can do a whole timeline shift by just doing one little imaginary exercise like that. You can also do a timeline shift from writing an affirmation. I, people roll their eyes at affirmations, but I have done a major timeline shift by one ridiculous affirmation. I mean, it's not ridiculous, but people think they are. But yeah, so I think it's like finding what resonates with you. If you're an imaginative person, if you're a kinesthetic person, go into the you know, the body, the experience of you in that moment of feeling good about something that you did, feeling confident in the outcome of something. Or if you're a word nerd, maybe write an affirmation, you know, write some, what are other words? Make a palette of words that inspire confidence because sometimes words, and this is where my training, I think helps people get out of, you know, what is confidence? Maybe it's something else. For me, it's effervescence. It's um, a champagne cocktail effervescing that comes from mm. root chakra and it, it explodes upwards. So confidence is that. Um, so yeah, these words, like let's find other words for it because sometimes, you know, the words that are, they get a little overused. What's another word for confidence? What's a yeah. metaphor for confidence? What is it? Yeah. Make a palette of words. So again, it's, it's coming back to what you already have. Mm-hmm. We already have these resources within, and sometimes it's a matter of just tuning into it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's getting you excited about the future of altered states of consciousness? I'm like so excited because I feel like it's all, so I, 
Okay, so I love the psychedelic stuff because I think it's also a metaphor for hypnosis and what's next for hypnosis. Hypnosis is so accessible if people only knew how much they could change their life by just like working with their own mind. And yes, it's great if you can see a hypnotist too. That is immensely powerful, but also you have this. So I think as, you know, psychedelics become more, you know, popularized or maybe a little more mainstream, decriminalized, um, that hypnosis at the same time is coming out of the shadows, you know, and is being validated for what it is. So I'm just excited for this. And I honestly hope the same thing happens for the Akashic Records, because there is so much overlap between psychedelics and the Akashic Records, and I believe hypnosis. And so I just think it's so exciting that we're starting to see these things get validated. And I, I do hope the Akashic Records is not far behind because that's, to me, psychedelics without the psychedelics. <laughs> yeah, well, and the way that you described it, it is like this quantum field. If if the way that I'm thinking about it after the after you described it to me is, uh, is really like this, it's the, the energetic all, right? That's That's wow. just the the term is everything's happening at once right we are all one and there's some there's a incredible reality to that that is very very clear in a psychedelic state and that's when you're that's what you're talking about that's having access to that to those records where yeah. you can start to tune in mm -hmm. And yeah, and that's like, the, so I, yeah, I read a lot of like psychedelic experiences. I read, a, I like to read people's accounts because they mirror what happens to my clients or my students when I guide them into the Akashic records. Like they feel like you can't unfeel that. You can't unsee that. That is something that changes your perspective. <laughs> it's just, you, you sense your position in the divine order of things and the connection to all and everything. And that doesn't, yeah, that that's with you then forever. And how can we, you know, tap back into that and keep, you know, getting more from that? Cause it's, it's always there when we choose to interact and engage with it. It's exciting. Yeah. That's that, that is exciting. Is, is there anything Desiree that I haven't asked you that I should have asked you? <laughs> um, uh, not that I can think of. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. The, uh, how, how can people learn more about you? If they want to connect with you. Desmerized.com is my website. D-E-S-M-E-R-I-Z-E-D. And, um, I'm on Instagram on that as well. And yeah, I have, um, I have a, Yeah. <laughs> I'll make sure to put links to the, the Instagram, to your Desmerize page, uh, and, and any other social medias. Is it all right if I put those in there too? Yeah, yeah. If I'm on, on most of all of them, but mostly. I'll, I'll find you everywhere I can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then what's the, what's the one insight that you would like the listeners to leave with today? Um, to reattune to the darkness behind your eyes when they're closed, that that's where it all happens. That's, that's like the cosmic place of everything. And just like, go there, let yourself be there for a while. Like what is in there? That, that, that view has never changed as long as you've been you. And even before this, you close your eyes, that's you. So like, 
just engage with it and enjoy it. <laughs> that's that's really profound. It is, right? Yeah. I have a microdose based on that concept. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today, Desiree. It's been uh, really fantastic to talk with you. Thank you for having me. It's been awesome.